0: Vsauce, Michael here. Who? Oh, who? I'm sorry, what? Huh? Oh, I'm, I'm I'm still workshopping some things. Yeah, don't go with that one. Oh, okay. Hey guys, welcome
1: to the Cinephonics podcast. My name's Chris Adams, and I'm Robert Adams, I think. I guess I don't know who. We're all Michael. Yeah, apparently. Who? Exactly. Done it. Uh, that's what we're talking about today on the podcast,
0: guys. This Guess was such what a stupid intro. <laughs> came out this week. I know. We love it, though. Guess what came out this week? Glass Onion. That is a whodunit movie, did, if you didn't know. It's the sequel to 2019's Knives Out. Welcome to 2022. We have a sequel called Glass Onion. Is that why it's called Glass Onion? A Knives Out mystery? Yeah, I feel like they did that so people could make the connection. They didn't really
1: need to do that. So is the next one going to be, like, Broken Doorknob... A Glass Onion Knives Out Mystery. I, I <laughs> like, hope so. They're just going to start stacking these names as a part of like their subtitle. One can only hope. <laughs> um, that would be the best thing they could do. Yeah. Or they could
0: just call it Knives Out Again. <laughs> knives Out Again. Knives Out Again. Again. I feel like people made that joke before this one. Probably. Anyway. this isn't a Glass Onion review, even though we're shooting this podcast fresh coming out of seeing Glass Onion, which... By the time you see this podcast, is probably only going to be in theaters for one more day, if that long. If even that, yeah. In which case, if you hadn't seen it, you're going to have to wait till December when it pops up on Netflix.
1: Yeah, I think it's like December 23rd or something. I think it's like yeah. exactly a month into the month. So, so yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I, we could say going into this, both of us seem to have enjoyed Glass Onion. Sure. It, it, it was a good movie. I feel like it was a lot more fun than Knives Out. I I imagine we'll
0: bring it up probably on
1: like tagline or something at some point. Yeah, I I, I didn't mean for that to actually lead into a review of it. But just saying we liked it. It was fun. And that being said, so we're going to be talking about whodunit movies on the podcast today.
0: And we're going to be clear. We're going to try very hard not to spoil the, the goings on of any of these movies that we talk about at any point. Because some of you listeners out there may not have watched some of these movies and we don't want to we don't want to be the ones to ruin the fun for you why would we do that that would be horrible that would be just the worst thing
1: that's actually so i mean that leads straight into probably what i would say is the first thing to talk about is the fun of a whodunit movie Mm -hmm. uh for background on that you go back and you look of, of course movies a lot of stuff ideas for movies are derived from books There's a lot of whodunit movies that are actually based off of books. So like the Agatha Christie ones. Yeah, Agatha Christie. So you've got like all of your uh, uh, Hercule Poirot movies. The Murder on the Orient Express or Death on the Nile. I can't talk. Uh, All of those come from Agatha Christie novels. You even got uh, this year we have that movie See How They Run, Mm -hmm. which Technically isn't based off of an Agatha Christie book, but it does involve an Agatha Christie book turned into a play, then workshopped basically as a movie. Layers, yeah. There's a lot of layers on there, and like that one was that was pretty decent as well. So yeah. we've we've got, we've gotten some good whodunits lately, uh, but I mean yeah, you go back, you look at the books. Agatha Christie uh some of these you can even go into like Sherlock Holmes that like a lot of these were mystery books yeah um this I I think there's an interesting question here
0: because um those of y'all who know me out there in the in the interspace of the web and all that um know that I well honestly both of us are not like avid huge readers we've read books we've read books in our life but we're not, like, dedicated to reading them all the time, every time. Yeah. And so we've got a bunch of movies out here, specifically of the whodunit variety, that are based off of books that we have not read. So we don't have the basis to be able to compare to the book to see what they do with the movie. But that makes, me, that makes me wonder, how do you do a whodunit movie when there is material, there's prior material that already exists in the space? How do you keep it fresh and alive for people who don't know, the, or for people who do know the
1: story? And just the same for people who don't know the story. Uh, So the answer to that is ensemble casts. Uh, That's why you get, like, every actor known to man in Murder on the Orient Express, Death on the Nile, Glass Onion, Knives Knives Out. out. Yeah. Well, okay, even though for this example specifically, Knives Out, Glass Onion aren't based off of prior books like Death on the Nile and Murder on the Orient Express are. Um, But, yeah, I would say that would probably be part of how you keep it fresh is just someone who went into murder on the orient express having already either read the book or seen the previous movies that it was based off of you already know what the outcome is you know who who done it so they have they're having to reach you by giving you a lot of pretty shiny (laughs) stuff to look at basically pretty people pretty shiny people yeah uh which here's the thing though Think back on murder on the Orient Express, I know you weren't like huge on that movie. I no, was okay that's that's the one where i've
0: been i've famously <laughs> been saying that it was the best nap I've ever taken in a theater,
1: yeah, but <laughs> with that in mind I was like not, how how do I recover from a statement like that?
0: Not to shame any of you guys out there who happen to enjoy that particular movie yeah uh but it's uh
1: it, it was it wasn't my cup of tea yeah um. So, the other thing to keep in mind with that is, even though you were falling asleep because of the story, how did it look? Because I remember that movie being very, very, like, gorgeous-looking cinematography-wise. Especially keeping in mind that you're having to uh, navigate a camera and acting and stuff through corridors on a train and whatnot.
0: Yeah, I mean, it looks like a train.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I thought I thought like it was shot beautifully. So all of that is what's leading into helping people who may be familiar with the story already. But there's so the thing I think at the end of the day is that for those people there's no surprise there. They're not like surprised yeah. when they find out who done it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So yeah, <laughs> those of y'all that are watching at least on the video side of this, uh, if you've watched these movies before. And, or you know the ending let us know like what drew you back into watching this movie if you've read again. the book if you've read yeah. the books or watched the prior movies for some of these what drew you into wanting to watch the movie even though you already know the ending i mean I, I, here the other side note on that kind of thinking about it is how many movies that have like twist endings let's say like usual suspects yeah. how many times do you keep watching usual suspects even though you already know the ending I mean
0: there's always multiple times because you're always looking to see if there's stuff and how the story was told that you didn't catch the first time. Yeah, but then there's also specifically with usual suspects that we both know and agree on which is usually when you're rewatching it, you're trying to rewatch it with somebody who hasn't seen it before. Yeah. Because you want to you want to part of the joy at this
1: point is now watching their reaction to find out what what happened. Yeah, because some of these, uh, th- like, I would say there's a difference between, like, a whodunit movie and just a movie, like, Usual Suspects isn't really, like, a whodunit, but it is a crime noir type of movie that has that <laughs> specific twist in, like, who is Kaiser Sosa. Yeah, yeah, it was just a who was it. Yeah, and that, yeah, when, when you watch that movie at the very end, that's a movie that lends itself to a massive jaw drop yeah. like six sense uh like i would say the first saw movie had me jaw dropping titanic no that was that, that was the ship that dropped not a jaw that dropped oh, oh yeah. um anyways yeah. uh but aside from that i'm looking at like the fun of a who done it movie the fun of a who done it movie i think for everyone like Kind of like what we said earlier, we went to go see Glass Onion today. Granted, it is like a one-week limited engagement in a movie theater. Otherwise, you got to wait a month for Netflix. Yeah. But it was a packed theater. Mm -hmm. We went 2.30 in the afternoon. It's the day before Thanksgiving. Uh, Granted, people probably have today off. So, I mean, that probably helped lend itself to why it was a packed theater.
0: No, I'm not coming in today. Don't you know there's a Knives Out movie that's only (laughs) here for a week. Come on, I gotta go to the theater right now, Mr. Boss Man. You gotta let me go. Do I get vacation time for this? I don't know. Make it work somehow. (laughs) There's a movie (coughs) (coughs) plane. I gotta go. Yeah.
1: Um, (laughs) That doesn't work. I'm sorry. Movie? You're getting out for a movie? It's the new strain of whatever that's going around. It's called a movie. (laughs) Oof. (laughs) Anyways. um, So... You go to it, I, I, I feel like almost everyone who watches a it, almost everyone in that theater today, sat down in their theater seat, they were fully awake, they were ready to absorb this movie and see if they can figure out the mystery before the end of the movie. Can they Absolutely. figure out whodunit? That's the fun of these movies. Uh, I think back, now you were saying that like we're not book readers. Uh one I was when I was a kid I and I know you didn't really do this either. Neither of us really read like the Hardy Boys or Nancy Drew no. any of those kind of books. I I don't know if you ever picked up on this one. I loved Encyclopedia Brown. So if you're not familiar Encyclopedia Encyclopedia Brown, I wanted Encyclopedia freaking
0: Encyclopedia
1: Encyclopedia freaking uh, how I met your mother. Um Swarley? Yeah. Swarley. <laughs> Anyways, uh that book, those books were written by uh, Donald J. Sobel, I believe. Uh, the the books consisted Sobel. typically, yeah, they consisted of like about five short stories. Yeah. involving Encyclopedia Brown. He's a boy genius. He would go and listen to mysteries uh, done by like local neighborhood kids. His father was like a police chief, so when his father couldn't solve a crime, he'd bring back like the notes and stuff. It, everyone would talk to Encyclopedia Brown on this case. Their version, their sides, their whatever they witness, mm-hmm. And seemingly throughout what they would say, he would solve this mystery. Uh, real quick example, one of the ones that stands out in my mind is his friend Sally, who was also his bodyguard because he was a bit nerdy and would always get bullied. Uh, she went on a date with like another nerdy type of guy that was trying to prove himself. So they went to a movie, and after the movie, the nerdy guy that's trying to impress Sally gets into a fight. He does that. He takes off his glasses and he puts them in his shirt pocket. He gets into a fight, like full body blows are going on. After the fight's over, he he gets himself up and he dusts himself off and he takes out his glasses, puts them back on his face. Like, well, I tried defending your honor and whatnot. The issue, the the solution was, is the book, the story, expressly said he got punched in the chest. Had he been punched where he got hit, his glasses would have been broken, but he pulls them out of his pocket, puts them back on. It's that kind of like little details that they wrote into these books, that if you're an astute reader you're you're catching up on this and you're picking up and you're like oh that yeah he was lying the whole time but so, if you're watching it in a movie it's an otherwise innocuous action that happens yeah and it's it's something that could happen uh again not to spoiler details but there was something that happened in Glass Onion that I picked up on uh, that yeah. later on is a, is, is a point of contention. It, it actually is meant to be something. Yeah. I picked up on it, and I it didn't give me enough to solve the whole thing, but I was like, that was a little odd that they did it that way. Hmm. It's one of those brief moments where you actually catch the thing
0: that's happened. You go, okay, well then I know if... Something
1: if, is going to be in regards to this.
0: But the fun thing about these movies is, what is something that happens for the plot of the killer and then what is something that the movie is intentionally trying to mislead you on because that's what these movies do a lot is they do a lot of misdirection up to the point where at this at at, at this juncture I've seen so many of these yeah that I'm like okay that's definitely misleading that person's not the killer that person's not the killer well, They're trying to make
1: me think they are right now, and they're definitely not. So you know, you know the part that I'm talking about in Glass Onion. Yeah. Later on, they bring up this part again. Benoit Blanc brings up this part, and he says, and this happened in front of all y'all. All of y'all saw it, and I'm like... Well, not really, because, I mean, for the blocking of where the characters were set up in that scene, there there's a very good chance that they didn't notice or see this. We it's did possible. as an audience, because the camera was pointed at. Well, it. so that's the point, though, in the movie, where the detective, the person solving
0: the case, isn't talking to the characters in the movie. They're talking to us in the audience. Yeah which is another feature of these movies that i really enjoy is when rope you in is when you the audience member now are part of the movie itself and the the individual solving the case is no longer talking to the characters present they are talking
1: directly to you which was uh, see how they run actually played up that with mm-hmm. the whole thing. Well, what you have just seen was a murder, yeah, and now you are an accomplice. You are an, accomplice, you're to an it. accomplice to a murder. Yeah, so it is up to you to not tell anyone else about what you saw tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so that was uh, that's smart. And I've seen that kind of marketing in other Who Done It movies. I can't remember exactly off the top of my head which one, other than like Clue. I mean, I think Clue would be like the strongest situation. It's a it's essentially a fourth wall break,
0: but. It's one used to heighten the story, not necessarily used like as a comedic gag, say like a Deadpool type situation, but actually used to to do something for the story. You yeah. Know? Um, we yeah can, like clue we'll... clue clue Clu needed it because the whole purpose behind clue was that it could be anyone at any time. <laughs> and it was no matter <laughs> you know depending on what who drew what cards or whatever for the, for the game whenever you're playing it.
1: It could be anybody so in I any room using any weapon. So I, I actually do want to talk about Clue for a minute because it is such a, such a pivotal movie in the genre of whodunits. Mm-hmm. Uh, not just because of how it was made or uh, kind of go back to the same thing an ensemble cast. That's how, that's what's making these who done it movies really good is just the amount of people they had in that. I mean, you yeah. had Tim Curry, Michael Keane or was it Michael McKean, uh Christopher Lloyd, Oh, man, just so many people Hollywood Square
0: Center Square. Damn uh,
1: near, yeah. Uh what's his name? Yes. Oh, uh pff, Martin,
0: yeah, Martin Mole. Martin Mole. Martin yes. Moll. Got it. We got um, it. Is that 15 seconds?
1: Uh, that uh, I might be confusing Michael McKean for Martin Mole. Yeah. Yeah. I think maybe you are Oh no 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 no! They're both in that movie. That's right. Michael McKean is Mr. Green. Okay, Martin Mole is uh, Colonel Mustard. There you go. Uh, with the candlestick in the observatory. The peak
0: Colonel Mustard. He yeah. is who I think about when I think of Colonel Mustard.
1: The damn near. <laughs> uh, so the reason I bring this up is not only because of how well it was made, but I don't know. If, I don't know if you or like the audience may know like the history of that movie. Uh, when it was released to theaters, I'm, I'm pretty sure. So uh, it's not really going to spoil anything, but that movie has three different endings. Yeah, yeah. It's like you were familiar with that. I think at this point, in
0: the movies that that particular movie has been out long enough, and that I'm not going to spoil the endings. It doesn't but, spoil the endings, but the fact that that movie does go in that direction is just it's it's based off a board game.
1: Yeah. So the reason what they did with this is when this movie was originally made, they would release this movie with one of the three endings to various theaters every movie theater that was showing clue oh. not a single one of those theaters got like all they three. didn't they didn't have all three so your ending that you got in during your showing could depend on which theater at what day at what time you went to go see it did so was it that every theater
0: had all three endings they just played each one at a different that time
1: that i that i i can't remember so if
0: you saw it at like 2:30 in the afternoon you would you would see one ending, but if you saw it at 7 o'clock that evening, you might see a different ending. I
1: can't remember if they actually had it that way. I uh, At that point, because the movies were still being shown on film, so yeah. you're talking about one movie is a you just, massive... You have to take the reel off. Massive rolls of yeah. reels of film. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if they actually would do that, because <laughs> that means for one movie, in every theater that they're showing it, if they were showing it in more than one theater room... That is one movie with like massive amounts of roles. Well, that would make me wonder if each, I, I each, don't
0: think they did. if each ending was its own role, where the rest of the movie had its set role. Oh, so yeah, 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 You would just have, like,
1: four roles for the rest of the movie, and then one, two, three. But then who decides on which one you see? Like, what happens if you happen to be playing in a projectionist. movie? Projectionist. Yeah. What happens if you happen to be playing in a movie in the, with a lazy projectionist who doesn't give a damn about <laughs> changing out the reels, and they're like, you know what? Y'all are going to watch the same ending again, because I, I don't want to work today. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to do any heavy lifting back here. Yeah. I don't feel... I'm not in the mood. I'm just going to let it still play the same stupid reel. I mean, here's the thing, though. You're changing out the reel anyways. You might as well change it up to one of the other ones. I don't, I don't know. I mean, at the end of the day, i do not Not sure that's how that works. But <laughs> that went way too much in detail than what, I was thinking. <laughs> what I love
0: about that, what I love about Clue, is, is kind of the... Anytime someone takes the cinematic uh, experience and changes it up in, in some way... Yeah. Uh, for example, you know we obviously the way our set is decorated. We obviously love the comic book movies here, but Marvel has done that in their cinematic universe mm-hmm. by building out an entire universe of multiple franchises that are all actually part of one franchise. Which is the only time that's really been done before Marvel in an, an effective way is the Universal Monsters, more or less.
1: Uh, maybe. Um, or. Well so that one the universal monsters one the i there wasn't an idea for a shared cinematic universe There was from an the idea beginning. yeah, not like Marvel, they had that idea to make a shared universe right yeah. off the beginning right off the get go uh I mean technically your James Bond your Star Wars those are all like shared universe kind ideas of. uh the Superman movies the Alexander Salkine Superman from like the was it seventy nine eighty uh, technically, that was a shared universe when they made uh, Supergirl. Because mm. Supergirl was the first movie that was kind of a split off of the Christopher Reeve movies. And the only thing that really made it a shared movie was uh, the fact that Jimmy Olsen was yeah. in it. Uh, otherwise, it really had nothing else. In fact, it wasn't even done by the same production company, I believe. I think it was a completely different production company.
0: Yeah. And so we bring all this up to say that uh, Batman is also a really good detective. <laughs> yeah (laughs) (laughs) i'm not gonna hide behind this one i just i literally just thought of way. how do i spin this back into whodunits batman he tries to figure out whodunit sometimes
1: uh in which case we really haven't had like a good like whodunit batman the closest was this latest one the the latest one yeah because you're trying to figure out who's the riddler even though we know basically who the Riddler. we know we know the actor playing the riddler yeah. But at no point –
0: I think that one is, is less about who is the Riddler and it's less about a it, but more about what they're going to done. What they're going to done. What they done and what they done. In nice. Yeah. Try to figure out what is Riddler's plan before he enacts it so people don't get hurt. hmm Which um, is a nice little spin
1: on the idea, too. Sure. But then that could go back to – like, look at the, uh, the Sherlock Holmes movies with uh, Robert Downey Jr., mm-hmm. I mean, at least in the first one. I can't remember the second one too much off the top of my head. But I know, like, the first one, you know, basically, who the bad guy is. You just don't know what they're going to do. Yeah. Uh, And, like, you've got that kind of mystery. And seeing how he... He pieces together these parts. is still much like watching Hercule Poirot or Benoit Blanc. Why do these characters have such, like, French names? Because they're all from France? Like, all the greatest detectives are French, apparently. Well, so to be fair, I think Benoit Blanc
0: is probably from New Orleans. Oh, yeah. So, that's
1: French adjacent. Yeah. So, (laughs) kind of. But yeah, like, that's where all the great detectives come from. Uh, But, yeah, you get, like, Sherlock Holmes, obviously not French. He's from England. Yeah. And, yeah, like, he's solving crimes, but it's more of we know who the villain is. Now we're just needing to solve what they were doing, how they were doing it. How do we get the proof to prove that they're the bad guy? Yeah. And so, in in which case, that brings
0: up why you watch one of these movies even though you've read the story or why you would watch one of these movies again because in that case it's no longer about this is the 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 corny phrase that you can hang up on your kitchen wall or something somewhere or put on a mug it's it's the journey not the destination (laughs) yeah it's all about how do we get to that point not what is that point Mm -hmm. because i can watch a movie and go oh yeah i can sit here throughout you know, a Knives Out or a Glass Onion or, you know, any of these other movies and go, yeah, it's that person. And if I'm right, and I've been sitting there thinking it's that person the, the entire time, I'm kind of missing out on the journey a little bit. I'm just already said, on, yep, it's that person. When they reveal it, go, okay, cool. Well, I got it. Uh, uh, that's bad movie. I got it. I figured it out. And... You can't, you can't do that. You can't go bad movie because you missed out on the rest of the movie
1: because you were just set on your thought the entire time. Yep, it's that guy. So for a really good example of this, this one was, this is actually a really fun example. Uh, you watched See How They Run before I did. Yeah. And you know where I'm going with this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when I first sat down to watch it, you already know the ending, you know <laughs> everything. I sit down to watch it and here's the thing, with, when watching a whodunit movie, within like the first, I don't know, 10 minutes or so, 10-15 minutes of a movie, you're introduced to the characters. For the most part, most of the people that you should be suspecting are introduced within that first 10-15 minutes. The person who did it, you know, you've seen them, you've met them. Very likely. There's some cases... And it, I mean, I'm not going to be thinking some up, up right now off the top of my head, but I know there are some like later on, especially in horror movies. I'll touch upon that here in a minute. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there are some cases where yeah, you you don't see it till much later, but there's someone who may be mentioned. Like it may be a character off screen who has something to do with the story, the motivation behind all the other characters coming together for this, but we don't actually meet them. Yeah. Uh, but either way, you don't know anything about these characters in the first 15 minutes. You know, it's this actor that's playing this character name and that's it. You might be given like a little bit of details as to exactly who they are and why they're there. Yeah. But you don't have enough to make a full on educated guess yet. So we'll see how they run. I put it on. And within the first 10, 15 minutes I had already like just deduced on my own who I think is very likely to be the killer. And this is before a person's like even killed. Yeah. I was already like kind of figuring out who the killer is very likely going to be. And then I come into your room just as like trying to like prove to somebody that I might be smart and know who this is. I'm like, Knowing hey, full well that I've seen this movie the yeah, day before. Yeah, so I'm I'm basically wanting to give some kind of a receipt saying like, hey, it is this person. I have already figured this out. In which case you're like, well, you're either really smart... <laughs> And yeah, that's the risk. The risk
0: of doing that is, the risk-reward situation is, you're coming in here going, I, it's this person, and if you're right, yeah, champion me,
1: woohoo, pats on the back. You're really smart, you did a good job. But or, if I'm wrong, I just made myself look like an idiot in front of you. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm just full-on stupid with this, and I'm just hoping maybe there's a part of me that's intelligent.
0: And which one were
1: you? Uh, I was not the intelligent one. No. No you were not. I was not. <laughs> Thank you for uh making sure we go out of our way to point that out. Thanks. Anything Brother.
0: I can, Anything I can to blow your ego every now and then. That's yeah. the wrong phrase, but keep moving.
1: Yeah, Damn. I am. Uh anyways, so yeah, I was wrong about that, which is fine, but that brings up kind of like what you were you were kind of talking about a second ago. If you're watching a who it movie, and this is gonna be completely based off of who you are, your personality, how you think and understand and comprehend things. If you figure out the who done it, like within the first like fifteen, twenty minutes of the movie, granted you might not know the motivation. You could have just been like a really good guess, like it's that person, and turns out it was that person. You just yeah. don't know why. Uh but as you're watching the movie, of course that solidifies your opinion. Mm-hmm. But if you guess who it is right off the bat, are you sitting there looking at it like, well, that was a terrible movie. I guessed it right off the bat. Well, no, because you don't know why. Again, you don't know the motivation. You just luckily guess the person. Uh, and that's just you. That's how you deciphered it. Someone else, I could watch a movie and do that and be like, well, that was a crap movie. It could easily tell who the killer yeah, it's was. it's predictable. Yeah, you watch it and you don't figure it out. That doesn't mean you're stupid. Yeah, it just means you may not be the same kind of observant as I am or anyone else is. So that's why that's why I'm impressed by the writing in these kinds of movies because they've
0: got to cater to Everyone. every entire audience. Yeah, they've got to be able to cater to the people who are on their toes and maybe could figure it out. And the the way they do that specifically is they withhold information from the audience. Um, I. I every time I try to go into one of these movies and try to figure it out, every time I, I, I'm trying to pinpoint it's this person, it's that person, there's always information that they don't show me until like the last 20 minutes of the movie. Mm-hmm. That if I had that information in some form or fashion, obviously they're not going to like spell it out for you and hold your hand with it. But if I knew I had that information at some point, then maybe I could have figured it out. But, you know, they like to they like to keep that thing because they want to, they I think a good writer wants to maintain their power and control of the story over you, the audience member. And they want to, they want to be able to, you know, still give you that element of surprise. Yeah. And that's, I think what I love most about these movies is, is, is that element of surprise. That's why, that's why we watch a Who Done It. That's why we, we, we watch the, any of these, because there is always that element of surprise. There's always something there that we weren't able to catch on to. Um, whether it was intentionally or purposefully w- withheld or whether they were just clever enough with their cinematography and writing to throw it right in front of our faces, but also they did like the little magician thing where the real action is happening over here in the left hand, you know, you're tucking something behind the pocket, but the magician's over here going, Hey, look in my right hand. He, look at this direction up here. Um, but meanwhile if you were if you were actually thinking about I should be paying attention to everything I should be pay- paying attention to every little increment detail you would see the magician's left hand going behind their pocket you should be going he's doing something back
1: there so for a nice little personal side on this of uh, anyone who knows us they know that our father is a magician our father is a magician he has we've grown up in a household with a father who like performing magic tricks, doing magic shows and stuff. Uh, so we've seen not only him testing out tricks on us, trying to see if he how good these tricks are, or trying to see if he can fool us or any of our family members, mm-hmm. but we also. Uh, grew up watching like all the David Copperfield specials when they came on uh, if Siegfried and Roy had a TV special we man that's something those. they just
0: don't do anymore is this big don't. televised magic specials that were like everybody gather around for the next hour there's some good quality television you're all gonna get like, David Copperfield making the Statue of Liberty disappear what happened to those like the whole like there's multiple magicians doing like a showcase type situation mm-hmm. you get like Was it Max Maven or whatever? The mind reader The mind reader. Like, what happened to those? This is a complete side topic, but... Yeah, so those
1: those went out the way of... Now, because of the internet, it's real easy to be like, oh, how did David Copperfield make the Statue of Liberty disappear? You could just look it up. Or, in a lot of cases, especially, like, specifically, David Copperfield and his big ones were making that disappear. Uh, I think he walked through... The Great Wall of China at one point, interesting, so like a lot of these, the problem with it is those tricks were specifically set up, like keep your eye on the on the camera uh, audio listeners you 're not going to be able to do this, but keep your eye on the camera uh the camera's not going to cut away ninety nine point nine 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 percent of the big camera cuts the away. camera cuts away yeah. <laughs> you can 't make the Statue of Liberty disappear it 's not possible. Uh, I think in that one, what they actually did is they had like the audience was on like a Lazy Susan turntable and the camera stayed on, but they just moved the audience. They turned them into another direction and then unveiled that the Statue of Liberty was gone, then they would turn him back, which means the audience was in on it because they had to like ooh and ah even though they <laughs> knew they were their asses were being turned and it's moved. It's crazy <laughs> right now that while he's trying
0: to make the Statue of Liberty disappear... Something's shaking! We're getting an earthquake
1: <laughs> on a boat in the middle <laughs> But yeah, it, like... New York's I've, not known for its earthquakes, as far as I'm aware. <laughs> I feel... <laughs> By the way, we're not spoiling the movie. We will spoil those 90s magic TV shows, though. <laughs> no problem. Oh, yeah. The uh, Mind Reader guys, they force you to pick the one. Yeah. They, um, they know exactly what you're picking. Max, Max Maven was the one that was uh, popular for putting up, like, maybe uh, pictures of cards on the screen. And then it like, pick a card. Now, go down to the nearest diamond and then left over to the nearest. Or they'd uh, do like celebrity faces or whatever. Yeah, and your finger would end they, up on somebody and they'd be like get your finger off of my nose yeah no matter where you started at you would always wind up at the same place it's a mathematical equation it's not a magic trick also that was a they they really encouraged you to touch the tv screen when mom and dad always told me don't touch the tv screen because then we have to wipe your your oily nasty finger dust off oh, of it later. no you need to be sitting like 10 feet away from the screen because it's going to hurt your eyes like i already wear glasses how much more damage do you think i can do to my eyes right uh but yeah, so we grew up with a father that would have us watch that. So, whenever he did tricks, because we were used to that, we're now used to watching any magician that's like, all right, keep your eye on the quarter. And then they would hold the quarter right hand, make it look like it's disappear with their left. And then they would still hold out their right hand, shake it around while their left hand was going off to the side behind their pocket or like they're hiding the quarter. So, like, yeah, we're always watching that instead. Magnets and fake thumbs. Magnets and (laughs) magnets. Yeah, the fake thumb. Anytime they make a handkerchief disappear, it's a fake thumb. It's in a fake thumb. Which, in which case, again, they are waving it right in front of you and you don't see it. If you know there's a fake thumb, you can see the fake thumb. You can see, like, the line break at the bottom of the thumb. There might be, sometimes there might be a shade
0: difference in the person's skin tone and the tone of the skin of the fake thumb.
1: Yeah. Well, like, for example, both of us have done that, like, our father has had like both of us do a trick like that before I'm waving my hand here it is Mm -hmm. so both of us have worn that fake thumb yeah we've seen it it's again it's it's something that's done that's right in front of your face and these all these movies they do it all the time yeah so it's all about that misdirection and in which case yeah that's basically what the writers of the movie are doing they are layering that misdirection and stuff so It's just a matter of, again, cinematography, how it looks, get the ensemble cast so your brain is paying attention to, ooh, I'm seeing this person over here, this person's over here doing this. Uh, Like, for example, Glass Onion. You had uh, Kate Hudson was a very loud and rambunctious character in this movie. Every yeah. time she was on screen, she's like, look at me. That, was, that yeah. was the point of that character was to look at her. In fact, at one point, they are actually saying that that's what they're doing is you are purposely looking at her while something else is going on. Yeah. I mean, that
0: again, that goes back to the, being the ensemble. Yeah. You always have the loud, flashy characters of some sort and that, that is what misdirects you. Uh, other things that misdirect you um it's it's a trend it is a trend almost in every single one of these movies it's like a it's like a structure that these movies have to follow every single time which is within that misdirection there is always that one person that they are trying to build up to be the this this is the one you should be watching this is the bad guy we're doing we're showing you right now and it never is it never is that person
1: red herrings yeah red herrings.
0: what I would love to see is I would love to see a movie where they build up for that person and then they they do the they do the oh well, it couldn't have been them thing that they do in all these movies to let you know, okay yeah, we're just kidding it's not that character it's going to be some other character over here
1: mm-hmm.
0: what I would love for them to do in one of these movies is build up that character, then do that, do the oh well, it can't possibly be them it's this person over here and then it actually was them. they actually legitimately just told you it was them like in the middle of the movie, and then yeah. boom. It
1: turns out that it is them. So they never do that because I think that's a very risky play to try to do. So, but I'll give you an example of where that play actually did happen. Um, and this is going to lead me to another another part that I wanted to talk about with whodunit movies that you're probably not going to have very much to say. It's not going to be in my b- uh, ball ball field, house field movies field house. Yeah, ball field court. Yeah. yeah. Why are you making sports references? We're talking about movies. <laughs> you what? don't know... The only sports you know is the sports movies. <laughs> Moneyball. Which, if we ever do a podcast about sports movie, it going to be really short. <laughs> We're like, Moneyball, Rudy, great. Those are great. Hoosiers. Oh, 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 War you remember the Titans. The which movie? Exactly. Yeah. Couldn't remember them. Um, anyway, it's a stupid joke. Um. Yeah, so horror movies have been very popular with this kind of a setup. Uh, especially like your slasher movies, like late 70s, 80s, and then the, they did it a couple of times in the 90s, especially on the advent of uh, the Scream movies re-popularizing mm-hmm. the it slasher, basically how it was set up. Uh, so I will say for Scream, um, there's not really a way of saying this without at least spoiling a part of Scream, so i'm gonna say this if you haven't seen it you don't care, the person but. wearing the ghost face mask is the killer no there's a uh, part there's a part in that movie where a character uh is this was again keep in mind this is the mid 90s so cell phones aren't really prevalent yet like they are today calling the home phone well no he they show this character uh, Cubs climbing in through a bedroom window and he immediately drops a cell phone and that is in the case of this movie that's what makes him immediately suspect number one because why would you have a cell phone on you no one has cell phones in the mid 90s that was the big clue that was the big red unless you're
0: a big rich like office
1: worker and then your phone is a brick in which case he wasn't like he had like it was it looked like either like the small Nokia brick or like I think it was like an old flip phone or something like Mm -hmm. that but there's so much of the movie that is focused on him potentially being the killer because he had a cell phone and there was no other reason for him to have that yeah he's the killer but again (laughs) he was the killer and that was the whole reason that they showed that is just to flat out tell you, hey, by the way, this guy is the killer. There's no other reason for him to have a cell phone. The only reason they show it falling out is to flat out tell you he's the killer because he has a cell phone. But
0: that's like again, that's like one of those things where like it's right there in front of you and maybe some maybe some people like yourself would have caught that Mm -hmm. maybe you catch it more on a repeated viewing of
1: scream i didn't catch it the first time i watched it exactly if i had watched if i was watching scream for the first time right now i'd probably be like huh that's kind of weird that they did that because they haven't really made any references to cell phones until now yeah so upon repeating viewings that's something that you catch but the first
0: time around you don't catch it that's again an example of something that they like to do where it's right in front of your face
1: but it's still hidden yeah, It's hidden right in front of you. Now, the fun thing with that, though, is the timing. They could have only gotten away with that, using the cell phone as like the red herring, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, they could have only gotten away with that in the first Scream movie. If you go and you watch Scream 2, they they try to lead that path again when someone's calling, like, Gale, Dewey, or whatever. They're out in like this college campus quad area. And they're like, well, we just got to find the person that has a cell phone. And so they look around, and everyone's on a cell phone. Within the course, I think that was like one year later. Not only just in the story of the movie, but also in how it was actually filmed. Yeah. Within the course of one year, we've gone from well, that's odd that someone would have a cell phone on them to well, we've all got cell phones now. Just got to get used to it. Yeah, <laughs> it's so funny that that was that the first Scream movie was able to take advantage of its place in time. To make that a, a, a thing, a point.
0: Yeah, and it's not necessarily something that you can like recreate now.
1: No, honestly. you can't. because well, Nowadays, because of uh, cell phones, specifically in horror movies, every horror movie you have to deal with the fact that these cell phones need to s- stop working. Yeah. Not get service, not have signal or anything. So it's, it's a really bad cliche in horror movies. But going back to... The horror movies that set up the whodunit of the slashers. Scream is easily probably like one of the most popular ones mm-hmm. of modern day. There's a lot of like earlier ones. Uh the first Friday the 13th was a was a a whodunit. Mm-hmm. Uh the fourth, was it the fourth or fifth one? The fifth one, I believe. Yeah. The fifth one was also they went back to a whodunit because they had effectively killed Jason in the fourth one. They wanted to keep the stories going, but they couldn't bring back Jason, so they made like some regular human person disguised as Jason.
0: Would you say there's an element of Saw that's a whodunit?
1: Uh, maybe the first one, maybe well, a couple there, of sequels. Yeah, there is uh, here and there, because uh, a lot of the times, like obviously the first Saw movie, you're trying to figure out who Jigsaw is. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, it, it doesn't really come back up again until probably like the fourth one, because by then. By the fourth one, Jigsaw's dead. His apprentice that we know of is also dead. So it can't be them. There's still someone running these games. Who could it possibly be? So we switched back into that whole whodunit again. Right. Uh, But yeah, like a lot of horror movies, they grab people because of that whodunit element. I mean, there's so many, like My Bloody Valentine, The Prowler, like all of these movies deal with trying to figure out who the killer is. And they're so much fun to watch. Even though, like, I know you don't like horror movies. And some of these, uh, especially like in the 80s, they can tend to get a little graphic. But they're so much fun trying to figure out and piece these together. Uh, What also makes it fun is, again, going back to the writers, Mm -hmm. is if you end up with a writer who may not be on top of their game in which like the obvious killer is right here standing in the room with all these other people but yet we're supposed to believe that they're on the other side of town killing the sorority girl that's alone in her sorority house cuz all the sorority sisters have gone home for christmas or something that uh, uh, that's not really a reference to black christmas even though that is an actual who done it sort of also so, yeah, like, that. that's also something that's really prevalent in those horror movies, specifically, like, in the slasher kind of genre of yeah. horror movies. And they're so much fun. It's one of the other things I really like about those kinds of movies is trying to guess who the killer is. Yeah. And I love it when they do it nowadays. Uh, it's really, it, it, it's awesome how they set that up because you can't just flat out tell people, well, you got to guess who the killer is. You got to make it, like, a mystery. So movies, like, recently, like, Barbarian, was it wasn't necessarily a whodunit because that's not really a whodunit movie but if you did it right you have no idea what's going on in this movie yeah. or what the killer is stuff like that uh malignant malignant was definitely a whodunit it just had a nice little twist on that whodunit by the end of the movie mm-hmm. so all of those are just different forms of whodunits but they play with the audience so well um I would like to see this in more genres if possible. But I don't, well, I don't know. I'm the kind of like mystery element. I'm kind of thinking out loud cuz I'm trying to think of like what other genre really could use a who it that hasn't been done before. Glass Onion was a lot more comedy than Knives Out. I thought of one that was in a completely different
0: genre also, <laughs> and I've always I've always claimed musical? It no. Uh rom-com.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Um I I'll, I'll bring this up cuz this is this is kind of a who done it but it's it's a different spin on a who done it. It's uh who done Ryan Reynolds in order to produce a kiddo. And we call it definitely maybe. Oh yeah yeah Where in in that movie That's more of a who done him. Yeah, who done Ryan Reynolds? <laughs> who done him? Who done who done him? <laughs> who done him and produced a kiddo. Uh yeah, so in the movie, he's a father telling his daughter... Glad it's on Ryan Reynolds and not the woman. That would just yeah. be bad. <laughs> he's telling his daughter the story of, essentially, how I met your mother. Mm-hmm. Bob Saget? No, Ryan Reynolds. Oh, okay. Uh, he's he's telling the story of, of how he met her mom, and then at the end, there's there's like three women. There's three women in the story, and she has to try to figure out which one of those three women is her mom, which is kind of weird and twisted if you think about it. Like... Hey, just to let you know, I slept around with three women. One of them is your mom. The other two,
1: they were just a good time. Yeah, that's a weird thing to tell a kid. <laughs> All right, well, I'm glad you had fun, Dad. Uh, for con- uh, for weird. context, real quick, I have not seen this movie, yeah. so <laughs> I've yet to experience this. And oh, I'd, it's a great movie, and I don't know who the mom is. So. No, I lo- I love the
0: movie. I'm not going to say who the mom is either, because <laughs> that's that's a that's the key to the movie. Yeah. You're supposed to sit there with with her and try to figure out, based on how he's telling the story, which one of the three women in in these stories is her mom. That's fun. (laughs) And in this instance, it's a little bit easier to figure out because you have one of three options. Mm -hmm. It's not going to be like, I'm presenting to you three women. Oh, no, just kidding. It was Becky who was in the background
1: of every single one of their stories the entire time. Okay.
0: No, it's not that situation. I thought you, one of the three women. I thought
1: you said, like, it's a lot easier because it's one of the three. I'm like, oh, so this isn't, like, the story of my life, like, back in college. And, like, well, it could be any number of, like, 20,000 different people. I mean, I'm just saying, no. I'm not trying to brag or... Let's change the subject. <laughs> that was supposed to be funny.
0: 20,000. He said 20,000. <laughs> the number he went with for this obviously fake story was 20,000. <laughs> I was
1: trying to go with something that's just absurd just absolutely absurd
0: your body count is legitimately an actual percentage number of the city of austin (laughs) pretty much yeah (laughs) good lord uh no it's it's one of three potential women so you can kind of figure out but then it's about where does the story go from there once she also figures out which one is her mom Mm -hmm. um kind of like how i met your mother did a similar thing where you know, once you tell you the story of how I met your mother, then there's a little bit more story to
1: tell past yeah, that. Yeah, kind of like we meet the mother at the end of the eighth season, but then yeah. there's that really bad ninth season that we see, like, the mother interacting with everyone except Ted. Interesting. Anyway. What? Yeah.
0: It's it's like ninth seasons apparently aren't great for TV shows or something.
1: Well, some of them don't even
0: exist. Scrubs. Yeah. <clears throat> anyway. So, yeah. That's what I like is when you can take that, that mystery genre and intermingle it with another genre that's that was a good example of a rom-com like how do you how would you how would you mix the mystery element into a rom-com otherwise i mean you could have a situation maybe like you've got mail where we're not actually just introduced to both characters Mm -hmm. in that situation you might be able to do like a spin on that obviously that's not the actual movie we get with you've got mail where we are introduced to both characters but Maybe you just follow Meg Ryan's character the entire time, and you're trying to figure out who is this person that she's talking to. It's got to be someone we've met at some point throughout the rest of the
1: movie. Yeah, it's some, it's one of the other, and in which case, I think that's another reason why, uh, you get you see so much of an ensemble cast. Because mm-hmm. I think in some of these, that if you were to do it, let's let's use the cast of You've Got Mail for example. If it's Meg Ryan, Tom Hanks, uh, who all else is that? Yeah, Dave, Dave Kinnear. Dave Kinnear, Dave Chappelle, briefly. Yeah. Uh like Gene was it Gene Stapleton is in that, I think. Um Steve's on. Steve's on, yeah. And like if this is the cast that you're working with and it's Tom Hanks. Yeah, you're like, well, it's gotta be the other big name in this, it's gotta be Tom Hanks. So how do you solve that problem? You hire a cast of like ten big names. <laughs> so you're like, Well, very likely it's probably going to be one of the big names, but I don't know exactly who. Yeah. You get like well established actors, you get a mess of them, mm-hmm. and uh, you uh, you try to figure that out, yeah, because you don't want it to be like the person who has been like an extra in the movie the whole time,
0: yeah. So, anyway, that's uh, there's a lot to go in on on about uh, these kinds of these kinds of movies. I mean, there's Obviously, there's a number of them. We could even do like a whole podcast episode where we're actually talking about the actual spoilers of these movies and how the movies played them out specifically. Mm -hmm. Which, you know, that's a thought. That's an idea. It might be something you could let us know in any comments or anywhere that you can reach us if that would be something that you would like to hear or see. If we just actually like at some point do a deep dive specifically on Knives Out and Glass Onion. Um, and how they kind of relate to each other how they share some similar themes and some of the uh, of what they did in the movies because there's definitely there's definitely some connective tissue i believe between the first two about who and how and why and where and when and and what (laughs) so
1: that narrows it down to a question that you have going into any whodunit movie exactly yeah Who,
0: who where when how why and what
1: yeah i said what twice dodge duck dip dive and dodge
0: yeah uh yeah, so, I mean, that could be fun to do something like that, but
1: I don't know. Yeah, overall, yeah, these movies are a lot of fun to watch. I think
0: there's Except for uh, Murder on the Orient Express, it was a lot of fun to take the nap that I did.
1: Yeah. Uh, I, so, here's the thing, like, even with the ending of Murder on the Orient Express, I wasn't disappointed by it. I thought, I thought that was a very logical ending. I don't think you can do that ending... A lot.
0: I will say I need to rewatch that movie. I think I was just really tired that day, to be honest. And it was kind of a slower paced film, in which case slower paced. Plus, I'm really tired. Usually not the best mixture. Mm -hmm. Uh, Pop some coffee in me and I'm I'm there. I'm ready. So I probably do need to watch it again. But at this point, we're back to that same topic. I know the ending. I'm watching again just to just just to give the movie a fair shake. But I can't. It's hard to give it a fair shake if I've already been kind of spoiled on the ending at that point which is why I will say I very much enjoyed Death on the Nile a
1: lot more. See, I watched Death on the Nile and I can't remember who the killer was. You really can't? No, I can't remember. I might need to The problem with that though is I'll probably like if I ever rewatch it again, I'll probably remember like immediately. Oh, yeah, you will. I'm like, "Oh, that's right." Yeah, you'd remember. Like I remember I remember the killer in Murder on the Orient Express, and that's what I'm saying. The way that that one's set up, I don't think you could do well, that that often. That that particular one is very memorable as
0: to who the killer is. Yeah. Um, death on the Nile isn't as memorable as to who the killer is,
1: which is why I don't remember it. Because again, if you look, <laughs> or the at, Titans,
0: if you look at the first one and that second one, mm-hmm. you can clearly see there's a big difference in who did who who done did it, who who done did the thing in the
1: first <laughs> one, and who done did the thing in the second one. That's right. We're the Cinefanatics fanatics coming to you from the south. Where we done don't know who did done done what. Yeehaw, partner. Um, they bring in the truck with you which did you did you. <laughs> completely screwed that one up you can't even you can't, I even can't do t- fake t- words. normal <laughs> i can't do normal words much less the right net ones but
0: this this man decided to do a podcast ladies and gentlemen <clears throat> uh, that's why we <laughs> have a video component so you can watch his goofy ass hi anyway
1: hello camera
0: Yeah, so I mean that'd be fun maybe to talk more in depth about like the connectivity between Knives Out and Glass Onion because outside of Benoit Blanc, like if you're just thinking about it on surface level, there really isn't a whole lot of connectivity. (laughs) It's just him. I say, boy, I say. Uh, But there is a way, like how he deduces the murder and the role other characters play in the movie in comparison to the role that characters in Knives Out played. Yeah, there's there's characters in both movies that play similar very similar roles i'm thinking of one specific in knives out and then one specific in in glass onion yeah so it might be fun to do that at some point um probably not going to do that next week i think we we have other plans for next week's
1: podcast so yep but i don't know if we feel like we have anything else to add on this one no i think that that feel like that covers most of like the conversation i was thinking of having on this
0: yeah i mean i know like outside of like talking about in-depth spoilers on these movies you know that might be something that people might be more interested in for sure but we also we we'll want to keep the conversation accessible to as many people as possible we want to keep it open and wide and so you know we encourage you to check out any of the movies that we've talked about you know any of the uh, any of those agatha christie movies uh, maybe even some of the original ones that were done way
1: back when um, mm-hmm. uh, the Knives Out, Glass Onion movies, and of course, all these like basically also taking a page. I, I, I feel remiss if we don't at least say the title of "And Then There Was One," because mm-hmm. I feel like that's like the first and foremost, like one of the big, the big ones that a lot of these movies and the books have all basically based their idea off of. Basically, yeah. based their idea. I can't English at all.
0: Very based. You're reading very based right yeah. now. Yeah, uh,
1: that's what they're all relying on. Is that? essential storyline that was set up and I mm-hmm. think that was one of like the original first and foremost ones to tell that kind of a who done it story. Yeah.
0: yeah. So I mean the ones we mentioned here are the ones that we recommend you check out. Uh See How They Run I believe is on HBO Max right now. As of right now, yes. As of, as of the recording of this podcast, I believe that's on HBO Max. At the end of December this year, uh Glass Onion will be on Netflix. Uh Currently Knives Out is not available anywhere because they want your money. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't own it, they want you to rent it so that's how that works but yeah uh, also again going death on, fact, death on the nile i think is also on hbo max i don't know if murder on the orient express
1: is probably uh if you have any other like suggestions like mm-hmm. especially like again on the video side of it on youtube you can leave comments down below let us know some of your favorites please don't spoil or if someone is leaving a comment like hey i really liked such and such movie don't be the jack hole that's coming behind and like yeah i really liked it when so-and-so was the killer in that like no don't put suggestions down there but keep them spoiler free yeah (laughs) because i want to watch these movies and enjoy trying to guess exactly and it's, it's the majority of the fun you know what else is fun
0: is subscribing if you haven't done that yet on our youtube channel youtube.com slash if you're watching the video component you're already here go ahead and hit that subscribe button since you're already here it's not that hard to do it's right there it's just right there next to it also it's literally right there you can just click it you can also hit the like button that's also just right there it's not that hard it's a little scroll a little scrolly scroll you'll get there click them leave a comment tell us how you enjoyed the podcast this week
1: if the audio actually sounds good or not <laughs> this week we'll see here's open so far so good um, looks good on this end so far that we're filming so <laughs> yeah uh
0: let us know how you enjoyed it uh again let, let us know what your favorite Who It movies are um any of the ones that we've mentioned you know your favorite parts whatever again maybe don't spoil things but you know whatever on the audio side we appreciate you guys listening go ahead and rate us wherever you can rate us at give us that five star if you really love us and
1: we know you do we would really really like that it would really help out a whole I lot. gave my Uber driver five stars for taking me someplace the other day. You could give us five stars for recording a podcast. For entertaining you for however long we've been recording for. Almost an hour. There you go. So
0: we appreciate it, guys. Uh, again, check us out all over the place. we got shows coming up right now. Uh, tagline is coming up. I think we got one coming up for this Wednesday.
1: Yeah, the, the, the Tomorrow. Yeah. As you're watching or tomorrow listening to this on the watching. day it drops. Yes.
0: So come hang out. I know. I know. We're going to have a lot to talk about this week too, because there's
1: a lot that happened
0: last week, and this. I'm sure there's a lot that's happening this week
1: already. Yeah, we didn't do tagline last week because of Thanksgiving, which right. this is so funny because it's technically the day before Thanksgiving right now. So, <laughs> at some point, we you could just you could just move past that
0: thought, and we'll just uh, understand. <laughs> yes, I love how this works. <laughs> anyway. Uh, we've got a bunch of stuff that we're going to be covering on tagline, so make sure you tune into that. It's our live show, cover movie news, all that sort of fun stuff. Um, we aren't doing another marquee for this month. We're going to have a marquee
1: for yes, yeah, so couple marquees the, for December. At the time this is coming out, the next marquee is going to be Christmas horror movies. Yes, so I'm going to dive into like say like the Silent Night, Deadly Night movies or Black Christmas, like I mentioned mm-hmm. earlier. That being said, we do have. Our most recent marquee available on the channel,
0: I'm sure. Food movies. Food movies, where we're talking about movies that deal with food. That
1: was a lot of fun it's to worth, uh, worth to do worth. also. I enjoyed I'm, that one. I'm sure it was fun. Yeah. There was that one thing that happened that one time. I'm just, sure it was a blast. I'm sure it made me hungry, and I made reference to being hungry
0: while we were while we were uh, doing it. I still think Chef is S-tier. Sh- hey, chef is absolutely S-tier. Hopefully, that's where we, we end up putting it. That is where we put it. That's where we put it. We'll see how well this ages. <laughs> Um, anyway, guys, we appreciate y- appreciate y'all being here. You can follow us all over the place online, uh, Twitter if it's still around, Instagram at cinefanatics You can also follow me at Chris Adams MLP on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterbox as well as Twitch.tv slash Chris Adams MLP. Did, did I just mess up my own name? Twitch.tv slash Chris Adams MLP, where we're playing games and having a lot of fun. Or you can follow me at Twitter, Instagram,
1: and Letterboxd at Robert Andrew. Adams MLP. Uh, you said or like it's a like or, they have yeah. One you can choice only the follow other. one of us. You can't follow both of the Adams brothers. Okay, that's the that's the rule intended by whatever deity you worship. Um, but you and you can follow me at Robert Adams MLP. What did you not know? Chucky head was behind you. This Has whole that time? thing been
0: sitting up here this entire time?
1: That Chucky head? Yeah, that's terrifying. <laughs> Anyways, the, the video people enjoy that. Uh, audio people, he just got scared because there's a Chucky head on the shelf behind him. No, that's to encourage people to go to the video. Oh, well, come watch the video and watch his reaction to that uh, again. And you can follow me at Robert Adams MLP on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterbox. Or whenever I stream on my channel, it's YouTube.com slash at Robert Adams MLP. Don't ask. I don't know. But yeah, I think that's gonna do it for this episode. Guys, we appreciate y'all watching, listening,
0: and doing all the things that we just mentioned. All the social media and and the subscribing and the rating things. And uh, we're going to catch you on the next one next week.
1: Yep. Yeah. Bye! Deuces. Crazy outro phrase again. Yeah. Still workshopping crap. Mm -hmm.